Thanks for joining us for the special Mideast Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mideast Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. Do you ever feel like the world around you is just crumbling? Like every single day we stray farther from the Lord in His presence? In today's Prophecy Update, Pastor J.D. talks about how when the world just continues down the path of evil and everything else fails, we have the return of Jesus to look forward to. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update at jdfarag.org. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on May 14th, 2023. I just want to talk with you today, and it's my hope and prayer that the update today will be an encouragement, an encouragement to all of us. I include myself in that, and this as it relates to two matters. First, the matter of how evil the world is becoming, and second, the matter of how much longer before the pre-trib rapture at our bridegroom's coming. If you're anything like me, and I suspect that you are, these are very difficult matters, especially in the day in which we are living today. And many of us are grappling and wrestling with this. It seems that with each passing day, Evil continues to wax worse and worse, and it's an indicator of how close we are really on the doorstep of the seven-year tribulation. And yes, this comes packaged with much hope for those of us in Christ, knowing that the rapture is prior to the seven-year tribulation. However, it's getting considerably more difficult nonetheless. And what makes it even more difficult, and please hear me out, is that we're continually bombarded with what I'll refer to as this dialectic narrative. What's the dialectic narrative? It's this narrative that things are getting worse, particularly here in America, because who's in the White House? Oh good, thank you for responding that way. Now this is what I mean by just hear me out and bear with me on this. I want you to think about this and think through this with me, okay? To say this and believe this suggests that 
if the problem is because of who is in the White House, then the solution must also come from who gets into the White House. Both are wrong. I say that in love. They're both wrong, such that the problem of increasing evil is because we live in a fallen world, a world not our home. And Bible prophecy tells us that as we near the end, it's going to get worse and worse, seemingly with each passing day, and it is. So that's where the problem is, that's why the problem is, that's the source of the problem. Now what about the solution? Oh, the solution comes not from who's in the White House, but who's on the throne. Who's on the throne? I think of Isaiah. His world has fallen apart. The king has died. And here he is, he is crying out to God as we're going to see today. And he is so shaken. And he looks and beholds the Lord seated on the throne. And it settles him. It's not who's in the White House, it's who's seated on the throne. And spoiler alert, He's still on the throne. Now, some of you are looking at me with that look again. Pastor, where are you going with this? Why are you starting out like this? Because, would you agree that this is being earthly minded? And being earthly minded comes at the expense of being heavenly minded? Let me just expound briefly. If my focus is on turning things around down here in the temporal, my focus cannot be on being raptured up there in the eternal. In other words, if I still hold out hope for this world, it will obscure, dare I say, even dismantle my hope for being taken out of this world. Is that not our blessed hope, nay, even our only hope? If I could just be candid and open with you, sometimes I know doing so can make people feel uncomfortable, but this is just from the heart. This is a profound personal struggle for me, and I'll tell you why. I struggle greatly. I sorrow greatly as I see the fulfilling of Bible prophecy specific to this, the end, unfold at breakneck speed. And nobody's talking about it at a time when Bible prophecy is being fulfilled, and nobody's talking about Bible prophecy as it's being fulfilled? 
God, this is a but God for me, I guess. <laughs> this uh, wrestling and struggling has actually been the impetus for my seeking and inquiring of the Lord in my own time with the Lord. And in so doing, He has led me ever so gently. He's always so gentle, isn't He? And compassionately to His Word. That's the best place and the first place to go, isn't it? And He settled my heart as only He can and always does. And if you'll kindly allow me to, I'd like to share with you, as an encouragement to you, about two men of God who wrestled with this. They wrestled with how much longer it would be as God seemingly tarried in the face of unspeakable evil that exponentially escalated. And they couldn't wrap their minds around it. God, don't you see the evil that is taking place? It seems like you're, you're letting them get away with this. You're letting them get away with murder. Two men, there's more, but just two men I want to talk with you about today. King David and the prophet Habakkuk, both of whom were surrounded by said escalating evil, which then prompted them to cry out to the Lord. And is that not what we do when we're faced with unspeakable evil? surrounded by pure evil, it prompts us, it propels us to the Lord, to seek the Lord and cry out to the Lord. And here's the thing, the Lord will always hearken unto the voice of our cry. We're going to start with Habakkuk. Interesting guy. His name says it all. The name is the nature, as you know particularly in the Old Testament. In fact, they would wait to name the children until they knew a little bit more about the nature of that child, unless God had showed them otherwise. You imagine that at birth, you don't have the name on the birth certificate, TBD, to be determined. <laughs> we'll, we'll see what this one's going to be like, and then we're going to name them accordingly. I would have not named my two boys, Elias and Levi. I would have named them Search and Destroy. <laughs> but enough of my problems. So his name is his nature. The name Habakkuk carries with it the idea of wrestling, clinging, embracing, and grappling, which describes exactly what this man of God did. Thankfully though, he goes from wrestling with God to embracing and trusting in God, which then leads to his worshiping of God. However, the process, and it is a process, was grueling in the sense that he first had to grapple with how much longer, Lord, 
how long, how much longer is this going to go on? I'll begin with a few passages in Habakkuk first, then a couple of verses in Psalm 6, in which David also cries out unto the Lord, asking, How long, O Lord? As we're about to see, again, the Lord is going to hearken to the voice of their cry, and He's going to settle their troubled hearts, despite, listen very carefully now, despite the evil surrounding them getting considerably worse. He's going to settle their hearts in the midst of that, in the face of that. That's what we're going to see. And after we establish this biblical foundation with Habakkuk and David with him, then we're going to apply it to our own lives, because I know that there are many, perhaps here today or watching online, that are very troubled and struggling and hurting. Let's start with the first chapter, verses 1 through 3 in Habakkuk. There's only three chapters in this amazing book, by the way. If you wanted to read it, you could read it in one setting. I, I can assure you, you will be blessed if you do. The burden, verse 1, chapter 1, which the prophet Habakkuk saw. Verse 2, here it is. (laughs) O Lord, how long shall I cry, and you will not hear? Even cry out to you, violence, and you will not save. Why do you show me iniquity and cause me to see trouble? For plundering and violence are before me. There is strife and contention arises. That alone, contention. You, you got to know this, this was a soft-hearted man. He had a soft heart and a loving heart, and this hurt his heart to see all of this happening. All the striving and the arguing and the fighting and the posting on social media. Of course, he didn't have that back then. I'm just trying to bring it into modern day terms. Everyone is fighting with everyone about everything and anything, every day, all day. I can't take it anymore, Lord. And I'm crying out to you, and what do I see? And why are you allowing me to see this? What I see is violence. What I see is evil. What I see is iniquity. What I see is trouble, problems all around me, surrounding me. This is what's known as the whys and the ways of God. He is asking God, why, Lord? Why? The Lord responds in verse 5 of chapter 1. Listen to his response. Look among the nations and watch. I like to see this and say this as God saying to us today, watch me now. Look among the nations and watch. Be utterly astounded. Here's why. Habakkuk, 
For I will work a work in your days which you would not believe, though it were told you. In other words, Habakkuk, oh, just wait, you'll see. Watch this. I, I, oh, Habakkuk, I, listen, I, 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 it's not that I wouldn't tell you, it's that I couldn't tell you. And the reason I couldn't tell you beforehand is because if I tried to tell you, all it would do is create a thousand more why questions, right? Like when our kids are young, why is the sky blue? And then of course, us as parents, we try to answer it. And all we do is create more why questions. My, my answer was, by the way, you can use this if you want. There's no copyright on it. I would just say, because that's God's favorite color. I thought that would settle the case and close the file. It did not. So now the next question is, why is that God's favorite color? (laughs) Because it is. It is, okay? So Habakkuk, I I would have told you, I, I wanted to tell you, but you wouldn't have believed me even if I did. You wouldn't have been able to get your mind around it if I did. You would have been so utterly, it would have been beyond the capacity of your bandwidth in the temporal. I am infinite. You are only finite. I couldn't. Now, when the Lord goes on to explain to Habakkuk that He's going to use the Babylonians as the instrument of his judgment on his people for their evil. Well, (laughs) that makes it almost worse for Habakkuk. Now he's struggling even more. Why? Because Babylon is more evil than is Judah. Listen to his next plea in verses 13, 14, and 17. This is now Habakkuk responding to the Lord who has just responded to him. You are of purer eyes than to behold evil and cannot look on wickedness. Why do you look on those who deal treacherously, speaking of Babylon, and hold your tongue when the wicked devours a person more righteous than he? Why? Here's the why questions. I I told you about these, right? Why, why, why? Ay, 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 ay. Why do you make men like fish of the sea, like creeping things that have no ruler over them? Shall they, verse 17, therefore empty their net and continue to slay nations without pity? You know what Habakkuk is pleading with the Lord, inquiring of the Lord concerning, why Lord? How long are you going to let this go on Lord? You're going to use a people that is more evil than your people to judge your people with people that are more evil than your people? I hope you got that because I don't know if I could say that again. And then not only that, if that weren't bad enough, why, why do you make us have to witness it? Why do you make us have to sit and watch this happen? Watch what happened. Oh, that they with impunity 
seemingly continue to in a murderous way slay nations. People are dying. Lord, how long? Now this is where it gets very interesting. By the way, I'm sorry if I'm yelling. I'm supposed to be kind, I remember. It gets very interesting here because the Lord is now going to respond to Habakkuk. It's in chapter 2, and I'll read verses 2 through 4. And the Lord answered me and said, Take notes. (laughs) Write this down. Write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. For the vision, verse 3, is yet for an appointed time. But at the end it will speak. And it will not lie, though it tarries, meaning though it seems like it tarries. Wait for it, because it will, will surely come. It will not tarry. Behold the proud, verse 4, his soul is not upright in him, but... The just shall live by faith, by faith. Well, this is what settles his heart. So much so that Habakkuk puts it to song. And we have that song and the lyrics to the song in chapter 3, verses 17 through 19. Listen to this. Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit beyond the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail, and the fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls, or no food on the shelves. Oh, that's not in the original. Yet, verse 18, yet, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet. And He will make me walk on my high hills. And this song is to the chief musician with my stringed instruments. Who's the chief musician, that better be capitalized in your Bibles, that's the Lord. It's the same chief musician that the sweet psalmist of Israel, David, would write and pen the words to the song, Psalm 6. It's to the chief musician with stringed instruments on an eight-stringed harp, a psalm of David. Listen to verses 3 and 4. David crying out to God, My soul also is greatly troubled, but you, O Lord, how long? You've been listening to a Prophecy Update with Pastor J.D. Farag on In Spirit and Truth. Thanks for tuning in to study the Word of God. 
as you continue to learn about the things that are happening all around us and how that relates to the Bible, take some time to pray for this nation and for the world as a whole. How all the details will play out is still unknown, but God treasures the prayers that are offered on behalf of His people and the world around them. Continue to delve deep into God's Word on your own and gain some useful insight about these things in addition to what you hear from Pastor J.D. Are there some things that you heard today that really touched home in your heart that you'd appreciate some prayer over? We'd be honored to pray for you. Let us know what those requests are by going to jdfarag.org and then fill out the form under contact. Once again, that website is jdfarag.org. You can also find us on social media. You'll find links to Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube on our website. And we encourage you to follow them so you can stay up to date with all that's happening at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe and in spirit and truth. If you're wanting to access these things on the go, we have a mobile app that's available for iPhone and Android users. Just look under the resources tab. That's all we have time for today, but thanks for joining us. We look forward to our next edition where you'll get the opportunity to hear more insightful things about the days that we're living in and how that intersects with what's been predicted in the Bible. Join us again here on In Spirit and Truth.